Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. I'm joined here by uh, the the guy that is the number one fan club of the Book of Jude, Ooh, uh, Matt LeMoyne. I do love Jude. Uh, Matt, question for you that everyone wants to know. Have you lost a bet that you have to actually talk <laughs> about Jude at, at some point during the week, whether that's in a sermon or on the B-Side Podcast? It, it seems that way, doesn't it? The um, Actually... Jude's a crazy book. It it's is. a really hard book. I really only love the last two verses of Jude. Whoa. The other one is like the other one is like it's in the Bible. It's there. It's good for us. But the last two verses are incredible. So the other stuff about the Archangel Michael and the body of Moses is that's that's tougher stuff. Yeah. Like, so uh, I I just love to go to it for benedictions and now songs that we sing of benediction passages right. like that. Yeah. So we got a, we got double. I, I was like, okay, we're we're talking about the last two verses and we're singing a song that's reciting these verses. Yeah. Are the bones of Moses just calling from the depths <laughs> of the earth, begging for you to go on over and, and figure out where they're buried? That's got to be it. That's, uh, that's going to be what it. Is. That's gonna, we're launching a new ministry but called yeah, The Bones of Moses. You heard it here, folks, though. You have mentioned Jude in at least all of our podcasts wow. and that's now amazing. in a sermon this past week. That so, it's starting Colossians. So, got to keep it up. Uh, challenge uh, to, mm-hmm. to keep it up, mm-hmm. Matt. Um, overall though, uh, great Sunday yesterday. Uh, any highlights from you, uh, Matt for, from yesterday? I mean, it's really just been a joy to be in Colossians. Uh, I think the, it's always, it's always, um, it feels like we get into like a really good rhythm when we do our fall and spring series Mm -hmm. because we're continuing to build in the same passage and it feels like we're, we're doing that now in Colossians. I'm, I'm encouraged by the the discussions my Bible study groups having and I'm hearing other groups are having. So it just felt like a great continuation of that and felt like a chance to really gather to like we like we try to do every Sunday to rehearse the good news of Jesus. And yeah. it's hard not to do that from this passage in Colossians 1. Right. And and you mentioned yesterday, so we kind of transitioned from the intro into right. what's kind of the body of the letter yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so we covered verses 15 through 23 that... Um, is and especially that first little section, really this kind of like cosmic Christ hymn That's that right. has all this like beautiful imagery and like packaging of, of who Christ is and, and what he's done uh, for us mm. uh, in the gospel. And but not just for us, you at the emphasis yesterday for all of creation that yeah. he um, is working out reconciliation, uh, both cosmically and individually. So why don't you maybe real quickly, Matt, just unpack for us. Uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 23. What was your outline and maybe some big points from, from yesterday? Yeah. So the, those first five or six verses, 15 through 20 of Colossians 1, I, I use the header of cosmic preeminence, mm-hmm. just talking about the preeminence of the supremacy or that Jesus has first place in all things. That's, that's the real main point of that whole hymn. Yeah. Paul parses that out into two pieces, which is creation and the church. And so even kind of, you know, game taping myself, the the thought throughout the week last week and still could have been another way to approach that text would have been to make three points instead of two and do a, you know, creational preeminence, church preeminence, and then personal, we could have done it that way. Um, Those, those two pieces in the hymn though, creation in the church, 
we kind of delved into that a little bit uh, a little bit yesterday how Jesus is is both um, the creator and sustainer mm-hmm. and reconciler of all things that's more the creational cosmic side and then in the church um, he is the head of the church and the firstborn of the dead he's the, he's the beginning of a new humanity that we mm-hmm. call the church um, so you get a little bit of that creation new creation kind of sense there with the the original creation and then the church yeah um, so that we walk through verse 20 kind of with that header of cosmic preeminence and then verses 21 through 23 and that that really incredible pivot of the and you mm-hmm. where this this massive broad sweeping uh, work of Jesus reconciling all things to himself also applies to his people to us as mm-hmm. um, we were reconciled as well so I use the header of personal preeminence um, talked about that a little bit where where kind of the main point uh, application-wise with the cosmic preeminence was that we need to get our eyes off of ourself. The, then the, the quickly to come back to the personal preeminence side is to say, then see yourself through the eyes of Jesus. Because there really is something beautiful when you, when you first take your eyes off of yourself and see him for who he is and what he's mm-hmm. done. But then you see how that does that apply to you. Yeah. And it does count for your behalf. And yeah. it's even more incredible that he's that he's preeminent and also my reconciler. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the gospel is neither individualistic. The cosmic side helps us really see that, but nor is it impersonal. Um, that it really is personal, and so the the kind of big charge there at the end was to to really ascribe that first place to Jesus in our own individual lives. Give him mm-hmm. the preeminence that he is rightly due. He has this cosmic preeminence. He's meant yeah. to have preeminence in our lives. There's something though that we are responsible to to acknowledge that ascribe that to him to actually give him that first place mm. in our in our actual lives yeah and and that's that's really good matt and and i think I, these are like two big categories though of cosmic preeminence massive mm-hmm. right obviously whole all of creation scale uh your your uh your quote yesterday about the, the cosmos instead of chaos yeah yeah uh, uh that was that was really helpful to kind of frame the scale of this thing mm-hmm. but then the personal reality uh, of this too with the church hinging in between that's right um which that's a huge topic concept thought process of how to do that well how to steward that well sure so the question is then for a bible study this yeah. week yep. our bible studies this week as, as we're meeting as we're living in this text as we're discussing this text as we're applying this text um you know what are your some of your thoughts of of some good places maybe to start that conversation matt in your groups this week so um, would you emphasize any of your questions that you mm-hmm. wrote out this week? Is do you, do you think there's any hat hangs that that we can put our, our hats on, and then we'll move on to some listener questions? Yeah, I I think in a lot of ways, following the order of this text and follow like a lot of weeks, we kind of like jump into whatever discussion question makes sense right. in whatever order, and doesn't maybe make a huge difference. Yeah. I actually think this week it does. It's got a beautiful structure to it. It, it does. It does, and and I think really. In light of the way that we are, and, and then we, one of our questions is actually about this, so we can maybe circle back to it there. But in light of the fact that we do live in a very individualistic uh, environment, and it's very easy for us and natural for us <laughs> in, in, a, in an unhealthy way to become self-absorbed, yeah. then I think we really do need to walk through this and first get our eyes off of ourselves and go back to who is Jesus. Mm. And I think that I would so those first couple questions in the Bible study application questions this week are really about that. Yeah. And to to really get our eyes off of ourselves and onto Jesus. And then 
lest we think that that that's just this anonymous, impersonal kind of work mm. of salvation that he does for creation, yep. broadly speaking, then come full circle and see what it actually looks like for us. Yeah. And that weaving in and out of the cosmic into the personal. Um, I would say that, you know, of, of all the weeks, this is probably a good one to go ahead and follow the order of that because I think that actually sets it up the right way. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think we have a temptation because we have sermon discussion-based uh, Bible study groups. We have this temptation to like not spend that time doing some of that observational work because yeah. we heard you preach it and sure. you preached it really well, brother. Mm. Like I'm not even saying that, but sure. like, yeah, um, we're missing the value of the rehearsal of it yeah, together. Right. So we want to skip to maybe like the application questions of like, okay, but like, how do we do this? But we forget that there's value in that communal. No, let's revisit this list again. Yeah. So, and we get two lists here of what is true cosmically and yeah. what is true personally yeah. about the gospel That's for right. ourselves and in our lives that are really helpful. And yeah. I do think that that is a really helpful place to start um, as you frame this discussion and we get into some of these bigger questions from our listeners. So yeah. why don't we jump into some questions? Because I think yeah. that we can actually, with these questions, weave in even some of the application points that you talked about uh, yesterday uh, as well. So our first question is really kind of, what's the balance of zooming out to zoom in, mm. right? Uh, yeah. So uh, the questioner is saying, how can believing in the supremacy of Christ and his reconciling of all things encourage us as believers in the midst of trials and a difficult season? Yeah. Um, and then how can we use these truths? So these truths are in this text. How can we use these truths uh, to bolster and empower us to enter into hard spaces with others rather than choosing fear or inadequacy or maybe even just pulling back and fleeing um, yeah. uh, or even feeling a lack of responsibility to do so. So maybe let's start with the first one. Yeah. Um, how can believing in the supremacy of Christ and reconciling all things actually give us some hope in the midst of trials and hard things right now? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, when we're in the midst of hard circumstances and trials, we feel consumed by them. Yeah. And I think that's just part of the human experience. They, it feels like it feels like it starts to redefine reality. Yep. Like we're crushed by the circumstances. It's like every moment, every thought just naturally goes into that space of this is hard. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like it's never going to end. I feel like this is my new life now. Like it just, we get consumed. The Naomi renaming herself. Yeah. There you go. We got to that. Was that last, last week or two week. weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that all consuming sense, it, it's, it's a reality. But it's a reality in terms of what we're experiencing in that moment. But right. this, these, these, the supremacy of Christ and reconciling all things is that, oh, but look up. Th this is actually not the whole story. This is like your life is actually my life. It's, there's actually a freedom in being and not being at the center. Hmm. There's, we, there's actually freedom in, in having significance is the wrong word, but centrality is probably the right one. Like we yeah. have incredible significance as people created in the image of God, mm -hmm. but we are not the point or the center. Yeah. And it feels like we are, yeah. and we can believe the lie that we are more and more when we're in hard circumstances because it's so consuming. Mm. And so this, this, this passage, the truth of this passage is, is really an invitation to look up and go, what, what is actually true of the whole world? Who is actually Lord over the whole world? Yeah. Um, these circumstances, hard as they are, actually do not need to consume me because they are not, they're just actually a tiny little fraction of this, of this cosmic big work of the story of the world and the cosmic one, the preeminent one, right. Jesus Christ. 
So I think that's, I think that's the right, it's the, it's the person, it's, we need perspective in that moment. We need the, the recalibration of perspective that my life and circumstances are not all there is. And, and the preeminence of Jesus helps us see that. I guess my question is, how is that not just like a mental exercise? And that's something that actually like seeps into our hearts yeah. um, in that those moments though, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. We, uh, it probably does start in some ways of a, a reflex that we start to build that says, you know, like, how do we combat lies? Well, we have to have truth to combat them yeah. with. And so the, just even, you know, I was encouraging you to use the use of doxology right. for that reason, or, or, you know, just something, even a part of this text to say, Jesus is preeminent, not me like that, that kind of, yeah. that, there's a mental piece there yeah. that we do start by like reframing kind of a mental kind of, kind of, uh, establishing a new framework there. Hmm. Um, the hope being that then as we do that, as we kind of get out of our being consumed by our circumstances, that that just that ends up forming us and becomes actually a moment to then worship, be dependent, right? Be uh, actually receive the gift that is to not be at the center. Mm. Um, I think that's maybe how it starts to move from our head to our heart. Yeah. So speaking on that doxology piece yeah. a little bit yesterday, yeah. you um, challenged us to memorize part of this mm-hmm. text. Um, so how, like in your head, pastorally, Matt, would yeah. memorizing a text like this one? Yeah do some of that work of, of reshaping our hearts and our minds. So maybe even starting yeah. with our hearts and helping our, 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 starting with our heads and helping our hearts yeah. come along in the process through the spirit working. How does like something as simple as like memorizing a text like this actually arm you for the trials and the hard times? Yeah. I mean, my mind immediately goes to what the psalmist says that we've, we've hidden God's word in our heart. Right. Um, so that we might not sin against him. Like that we, that we actually internalize the the truths of these things, which is which is the combination and the overlap of you know mentally assenting to something, mm-hmm. understanding it, believing it um, in our in our mind, but also really living in light of it, also like grasping it at the heart level and having faith that it's actually true. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a back and forth interplay there that 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 goes between the the head and the heart. Yeah. Um, and certainly. Um, you know, the I was talking to, to somebody actually this morning just about hard, a hard situation that they're going through right now, hmm. and that we we actually, you know, the, the way that things form in our hearts is actually when we go through them and not try to, to go and end around them. So, like, huh. actually taking when you're not avoiding, yes, yeah. like even going to God and saying, God, I am consumed by my circumstances right now, and I know I shouldn't be, but I am, yeah, I know I shouldn't be, I know you're preeminent, I know I'm not. And mm-hmm. that's when God meets you, and then, and often in the, at the heart level, not just the mind level, will 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 g- help you to really believe more deeply. Right. It is good for me that you are God and that I'm God. It is right. good for me to. And the the way we avoid that is just by kind of doing the quick, dismissive kind of cliche statements of like God's God, you're not. Well, go through the go through the process of feeling yeah. the the you you are being consumed by your circumstances, so you are okay. Yeah. You can be honest about that. You can take that to God mm. and then be met by God in 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 the heart level and the belief right. level of it. 
Yeah, and I think too, obviously our Bible studies are great uh, sure. venues to even rehearse that together. So yeah. I think from the personal perspective, we can get so caught up in our circumstances and miss what God is doing yeah. or any growth or any 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 marks of perseverance or anything in our own lives that like, yeah. sometimes we can't you can't physically see or emotionally or spiritually see in the presence of trials and, and rough things. Mm-hmm. But man, like lean into your community and, and be vulnerable enough to ask the question of like, where do you see God working here? In yeah. me? Do you see growth in me? Do you see mm-hmm. perseverance being formed? Do you like, do mm-hmm. you see these things in my, in, in our lives? And, and I think we can actually help recall even like these tangible truths that we see here in this text to each other. We can yeah. rehearse these things to each other, but like we can help each other apply that in the personal. Too. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think our Bible studies are the perfect menu to to do that. And I, I think that maybe even leads us into this question of like more like second question of yeah. how can we use these truths as we're, as we're hiding this away in our hearts, mm-hmm. right? As we're forming our heads and our hearts and our hands uh, to do this thing well, yeah. uh, to bolster and empower us to enter into hard spaces with others. Um, how, how does this like help us to not have fear and mm-hmm. to not feel inadequate and um, to have, take responsibility for the relationships we have in our lives to show up for people. Yeah. Um, how does this Christ him, if you will, like inform that? Yeah. It's really good. Well, I think in one sense, it, it, it gives us incredible freedom because, um, people need a savior and it's not us. It ain't us. <laughs> so, right. It ain't your me. So like often when we are wanting to move into people's lives, the mm-hmm. temptation is, oh, I need to actually rescue this person from what they're going through. I need to actually. We try to do that with our presence. We sometimes. do. Yeah. And there's, and there's an important difference between between being present and caring for people and using gifts God's given you to minister to people yeah. and subtly starting to think that actually you have more power, control, responsibility than you actually have Correct. in that moment. Yeah. And so these truths, again, helping us get as, as those trying to minister to others, helping us get our eyes off of ourselves, not, not having a Messiah complex yeah. um, ourselves, remembering that, that, that this person needs to be reconciled by Jesus. They need Jesus to be Jesus for them, just like I need Jesus to be Jesus for yeah. me. Hopefully gives us incredible freedom first, but then also gives us confidence to enter in in the right place, right. in the right There's period. wisdom of when to step in and when to not. Correct. Yeah. And that's, I think, the biggest, I think that's the biggest piece of it. Because, um, the, the, you know, in some ways that's maybe helpful. This person is rightfully saying, we have fear when that happens. We, we feel our inadequacy. Right. Yes. And, and, and I feel my inadequacy yeah. all the time in my role, um, vocationally and yeah. otherwise. And, um, and to lead into that and go, okay, the reflex of, okay, but they need Jesus like I do. Now, because we both need Jesus, I, I'm i not trying to be Jesus and I'm trusting his adequacy and sufficiency to yeah. his spirit to empower me to, to move in. There. Yeah. But also it, it is helpful to know that because he has reconciled us to God yeah. and he is the head over the church and all these things are happening, there's this reality where he's also equipped us with things to go into situations where in our flesh we are inadequate. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, recognizing that, but also I would say, um, you know, what's the balance of you trying to act in someone's life mm-hmm. versus like interceding for someone in their mm-hmm. life? And I, I think, and if, if you have a tendency to be out of balance there mm-hmm. and you um, are 
over-realizing yourself's ability to be present to fix that scenario, maybe you're undervaluing mm. our intercession. That's, yeah. Um, and, and specifically, how are you praying for the people in your lives to grasp this text this week? Mm-hmm. Um, if the people in your life are struggling that you know are struggling, like I encourage you to pray this text over their life this mm-hmm. week. It's good. Pray this over your Bible studies this week, because I think that is a helpful recalibration to know whether you have a bend one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I have a bend one yeah. way or the other. Most people I think that are in professional ministry have a bend one way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we find ourselves burnt out like really, really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like we have a people here that we're all busy. We all have a lot of things going on. We got a lot of kids. We got a lot of stuff that's sucking our time. Mm-hmm. We have very little bandwidth. Yeah. But we can always intercede mm-hmm. um, and ask for that wisdom to step in when it when it's helpful. So I think that's that's really helpful and encouraging and a good calibration in my head. Yeah. Um, so why don't we, all right, so we kind of, this person kind of talked about this like big picture Christ supremacy overall things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so our next questioner kind of really drilled down onto the other side, yeah. maybe leading into the self-absorption piece. Yeah, so yeah. Um, this, the listener said, you assert, asserted that our culture is marked by self-absorption. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, liberty encourages participation in our Bible studies. I mean, this is a resource for our Bible studies, yeah. so I, I hope so, uh, which can easily devolve into self-absorbed discussions. Yeah. So what advice would you offer for our small groups, our Bible studies, if you will, uh, to help avoid that? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So. I think, I think the, that's where I think this, this text gives us a really helpful framework where it is meant to be personal. Like the gospel is meant to be yep. applied to our individual lives, which means in some way, shape or form, we are talking about our own lives. That's always in submission to something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so if it, if it's, um, if it devolves into self-absorption, what that probably often means is that there's a ton of conversation that's really only focused on kind of me at the center, mm. you know, my individual life, how everything is based on like my immediate framework. And in those situations, I think, and you had spoken this just a moment ago really well, Jenna, that our Bible study group needs to be able to say in certain moments to someone like me, Matt, you need to like get your eyes off yourself a little bit here. What is, who is Jesus? Yeah. What would Jesus, what, what do you understand from, from, understanding what God's revealed in scripture, right? what would Jesus be calling you to do in this moment, as opposed to just me processing through my emotions, my thoughts, mm-hmm. my, you know, considerations for something I'm, you know, wrestling through in life. Yeah. Um, so I think on the one hand where we would miss the mark here is if we only talked about the, the cosmic side of this in a way that like, um, was a theological biblical discussion, really fruitful. We understand what scripture teaches and our eyes are fixed on Jesus, but it stays so up here that it, that it never actually gets brought into our day-to-day life yeah. experience. Like that's a great Eugene Peterson quote. It's like, you know, the gospel has to be livable mm-hmm. if it's going to be anything at all. Like it ha- this has to be livable, not, not just, not just kind of ethereal, philosophical, theoretical kind of questions. Yeah. And so that's, that's the one ditch, you know, mm-hmm. that we could fall into. And the ditch on the other side of the road is the one that, that this questioner is describing of, all we're doing is essentially um, really the same thing that like a secular counseling perspective would offer, right. which is just like, tell me more about it and, and buying into the lie that like, well, you're at the center. So whatever you think is right. the most important and how, to, and, and as opposed to 
you find your yeah. worth, value, freedom, direction yeah. underneath the subservience, like in subservience to the preeminence of, of right. Jesus. Yeah. And then we even have another, his church and, exactly. and then us. So yeah. it's like that, that's a helpful yeah. reality for us to even like just exist in and yeah. taking some of the pressure off of us. Yeah. Like we're not solely responsible for all of this to happen. No doubt. Um, and I, I would say too to this this listener and even to our Bible study yeah. leaders, like as much as we can, and you mentioned this like briefly just now, mm-hmm. but like as much as you can redirect people back to the application of the text that you're in or the whole counsel of the word of God as we're yeah. as we're bringing this together, we we never want to apply just like this kind of like independent morality like yeah. over here where it's like we can we can spend so much time in the application that you're missing. Yeah. The formation of the text together. So I, I would say like pointing back as much as you can redirect people yeah. to answer the question within the text we're in, because yeah. you get to your your applications from living in a text for the for the week, right? Totally. Like um and that's I think that's a really good helpful point as like a Bible study leader to redirect yeah people's eyes back to wait do we have an answer in this text um and are, are there any cross references for example that mm-hmm. like go along with this text that help us understand this like um and i think that that's a really helpful marker too to keep things on task really um, good. there's um there's even like my mind went to as you're describing that a little yeah. bit the, and even you know could have been an application for for our text yesterday um there's a book called everyday church that tim chester and steve timmis wrote some years back yep and they have in there this grid that comes to my mind often in, in these kinds of conversations, yeah. they call them four liberating truths, mm. but it, it really is this interplay of the cosmic to the, to the personal. Yeah. Right? So there is God is great. So we don't have to be in control. Right. God is glorious. They're all G's, which makes me love it even more. Right. God is glorious. Oh, <laughs> me dying so, inside. <laughs> so we don't have to fear others. So God's glorious. We don't have to fear others. God is good. Mm. So we don't have to look elsewhere. And God is gracious, so we don't have to prove ourselves. Hmm. And there's this, like, you, the, the first half of all of those things are cosmic commandments. You know, these, what's God the personal great. application? Exactly. Yeah. And so those, when we are, if we're honest, we are going to tilt into self-absorption. And those conversations are going to come out in your group. Right. Um, one of the things to pray for is the wisdom of how to graciously direct, you know, but but address that with um, with yeah. people in your in your Bible study group and help them say, Hey, th- it sounds like you're maybe trying to prove yourself. You don't yeah. have to prove yourself because this is what Jesus, this is what Jesus isn't right. really doing. And is you're, you're redirecting them back to this text, this list of things that are true and yep. even are true for you in the second half of this whole thing Yeah. Um, to, to really give you good framework for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or re- that kind of analogy makes, and we dance around this topic a little yeah. bit, but maybe it'd be good to speak to this just a little bit, sure. but like the idea of gospel fluency, yeah. I, I do think actually gives you good framework. You talked about this yesterday in the sense, um, the gospel isn't just the 101. Yes. It, it is, yes, but it's also the 102 and yep. the, the yep. high school and the the college and the grad school and, you know, yeah. whatever, continuing education, CEUs, whatever. <laughs> um, so how do you take like that framework that you just mentioned from, yeah. from from the book and how do you actually use that in your daily life? What what does it look like to like not grow up from the gospel, yeah. but still mature up, mature and develop and, and grow and embrace yep. more and more of the truths that God lays out for us and, and bakes into the fabric of all of creation, you know? Yeah. Um, how do we do that, Matt? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, huge question, right? But it great, is a huge question. But great question. But I think it's important. Yeah, no doubt. And it fights self-absorption it does. really well. It does. Yeah, it 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 makes it like gospel fluency, right? Even that that terminology. There's a book, I think, written that's called mm-hmm. that too. And that whole like training. A whole training. Video series and stuff. And the idea being like that it's a language, that it's yeah. an ongoing uh yeah, language that we that we learn, that we like become fluent, conversant right. in, which um, which is to say, then we're you know we're following the the, the gospel story throughout mm-hmm. our lives. There's the big cosmic you know creation, fall, redemption, restoration, yep. and then within our lives, there there's like the applications of all of that playing out. So you know that we are imaging God in the way that we're working. So part of gospel fluency is thinking through. How am I imaging God in my day-to-day life? I'm getting to be to cultivate things that He's made. I'm, I'm getting to co-create with God. I'm getting to in my vocation and yeah. my relationships. I'm getting to image God in all these different ways. There's the fall, which you know I'm I'm sinning. Uh, I'm having to repent daily uh, of faint of ways that I am yeah. rebelling against God. I'm, I'm looking at it through that lens and, and recognizing, oh, this is how I'm sinning, and this is yeah. Um, you know, so and then you're you're moving from I'm giving you just kind of a high level kind of overview right. here, but then you're moving into how is the good news of what Jesus has done specifically good news for right. for my life in this moment, or if I'm in conversation with somebody else, my right. life in this moment. That's where you get all these incredible metaphors and images of what salvation is, right? And in certain moments, applying certain images or pictures of salvation to a certain yep. uh, instance, like when when I'm acting like an orphan like i don't have a heavenly father then the salvation picture of adoption is yeah. really incredible like i oh i do belong yeah. you know when i'm feeling lonely isolated like other relationships are letting me down right adoption is is like a gospel fluent person yeah. would be able to say sounds like maybe you're you're not seeing the worth of being brought into the family of god and that you really belong there. right or even in this text maybe you're not even seeing the value that you were once alienated and at enmity with exactly. god and he actually reconciled you to him personally right yes. there's I, I think like that you just did like the big scale like yep. rooting ourselves in the big like meta narrative story of scripture yep. but also like maybe just use your work analogy sure i think an easy way to do this in our daily lives is have i like overcorrected and i'm I, like we are created to work as mm-hmm. image bearers of god as we reflect him to the rest of the world yep. but if our work informs too much of our identity yeah uh as we start to see evidences of that like when things aren't going well at work and that's in, informing how it feel about myself and everyone else and how I'm I'm treating my spouse or my friends or whatever. Yeah. We can look at that behavior and say, mm-hmm. man, at the heart of all of this, I've like mischaracterized what my work is intended to do. Yeah. Um and and in that the good question to ask yourself is what am I not believing about what is true in the gospel? Yeah. Um is it a cosmic one yeah. or is it a personal one? Um, and ask your community to help you do that. Like what even mm-hmm. in this text, use these lists that we see about cosmic truth and personal truth and say, yeah. man, like, you know what? I'm probably not believing this. That's good. Um, can you help me and pray for me that this would be real to me this week, mm-hmm. this month, this year? Yeah. Um, and that's just that's even like a smaller frame of gospel fluency in the day in the day out. Yeah. Um, that like the the big is good, but you can also drill down for and, sure. it, and and it's like pretty simple to do if you make it a practice of talking about what the gospel's done in your life to transform mm-hmm. you and of what it's doing yeah. and when you're honest about when the fact that like it doesn't feel real right now sure um that that is gospel fluency yeah. at its simplest yeah 
Um, and just to be clear, like that has kind of changed my framework mm-hmm. a ton of how I even think about talking or leading people or having these conversations is, yeah. is knowing that, yeah. uh, that it's not about me. Yeah. Um, but like there's still, I can still ground myself in this gospel as, as we, we think for this. That's right. The that's, yeah, that's good. Uh, and I think that's a huge fighting and, uh, introspection, yeah. uh, in getting self-absorbed. Yep. Um, so those are, that was a big question. Sure. So I'm sorry. Yeah. That wasn't on the page. No, but that's I good. feel like it was important to maybe address that. Yeah. Yep. But we're moving from that yep. to another ginormous question. They're always and good. They're a, always, yeah. This is a text question. So okay. it's actually talking about verse 23. Yeah. Um, so why don't I actually just read verse yeah. 22 and 23? Because it all goes in together. So Jesus, being he here, has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Um, So, Matt, uh, that verse seems wonky. Right. Sure. Uh, if you're just reading that at face value from the English, uh, English standard, uh, version of the Bible here. Um, and this questioner is kind of talking about the reality of this kind of seems like it has an allusion to the reality that you can maybe lose salvation. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, this questioner yeah. is asking all these things, but like is really leading into this big category, this theological category of perseverance of the saints. Yeah. Um, Matt, I, I we can spend all day here. We can talk <laughs> about Greek forms. We can talk about, um, all kinds of theologians and the work that they've done here. Sure. But how do we actually root this verse in the whole letter of Colossians, but the whole New Testament, the whole Bible, the whole counsel word of God, and still walk away sure that this isn't saying that we can lose our salvation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. So I I do believe that the doctrine of perseverance of the saints is a biblical one. I think we have texts like John 10 and right. Romans that talk about that nothing can take us out of the no, of God's separate us Nothing can God. separate us, that there is no power of sin that's greater than the power of God right. that, can, that can somehow remove us from being rescued by Jesus and, and our, you know, um, his reconciled work. So I do believe in that. I think where what Paul is saying here is he's he's encouraging the Colossians to continue on in their faith. Right. And whenever we when we talk about perseverance of the saints, whenever we talk about these these big reformed yeah. doctrines, you know, the tulip metaphor, P mm-hmm. perseverance of the saints is one of those. Yeah. What we're really talking about is 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 God's sovereignty over salvation, mm-hmm. God's sovereignty, his complete control over all things. But even the the reformers who most clearly articulated those doctrines would say the mystery of this is you have the sovereignty of God in all things, including salvation, and you also have human responsibility. Yeah. And those things in a way that kind of defies our categories are both fully true all the time. Yeah. And so perseverance of the saints is is one that rests in that complete sovereignty of God to say, Satan, no other power, nothing can snatch us out of God's mm-hmm. hand. And whenever we read about it in scripture, whenever we read, it's really, they're always presented as precious truths for weak, fickle, needy, desperate people that are saying, I'm inadequate. I can't keep myself. I can't, I can't do this by myself. And it's this 
the good news of the gospel is you don't have to. You're kept by God. Mm. Um, he preserves. It's it's a you know it's not just perseverance. It's God's preservation yep. of the saints. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we're called to be but very active. Time, we're active in that persevering the whole way through. Yeah. J- just like, um, j- I mean, God has to give us a new heart in in our in coming to faith in Christ on the front end, but we also need to out of that then new heart actively say i do believe you i do yeah. have faith i do confess the name of jesus i do right. believe this to be true and so the perseverance of the saints is really the if that's the front end then perseverance of the saints is like the ongoing and the tail end of that which is to say right. god keeps you your role is to continue on in the faith right. like your role is to as you're being kept by god to continue on in the faith and so it's um it's not a negation yeah. of but it is something that we have to hold together in the same way that we hold the sovereignty and human responsibility together. And this really isn't that different than what we see maybe like in James, where it's talking about being tossed to and fro, that we're, as we go through trials and circumstances that are hard, we're being shaped and and that's, that's going on Mm -hmm. towards our completion. That's going to be at the end of this thing. So like, it doesn't seem like Paul here is questioning atonement, right? Sure. Because that doesn't make any sense in, relation to the rest of the text right um but like maybe what he is talking about is this reality that there's still this like sanctification we're working out our salvation in fear and trembling as paul Mm -hmm. also says out elsewhere but also that we're like it's i I don't think it's an accident that part of this text is rooted in the eternal hope of jesus reconciling all things together that we're awaiting the glorification part of this too there this is a journey where like our atonement, our our actual like judicial place mm-hmm. with God is not the thing that's in question. Sure. It's the yeah. continuing on of this and that that ultimately leads us to completion that we kind of talk about. That's that right. that glorified state that we're all hoping for and, yeah. and looking to um to pull ourselves out of this. <laughs> uh because we have to do that. Because yeah. our our hope is now, but not yet just yet. Because the, the hope we talk about in this passage Jesus is bringing reconciliation yeah. and he has, yeah. but that reconciliation isn't totally finished. That's right. That's right. And, and really where, where this com- creates complexity is, is in that question of like when people walk away from their faith in Jesus, like why do they walk? Yeah. Away? What's your pastoral advice there, Matt? You know? Yeah. I, well, I think, I think we can't know the human heart and is this like a moment of them like really wrestling for deep doubts mm. which and, and and ultimately like like a prodigal son kind of situation that yeah. will come back or is this you know um i think we have some some high level categories where you know um the author of hebrews writes about this some john writes about this some that when they depart mm. from us it's because they were never of us in the first place even if they looked like christians maybe from the heart level they were never given a new heart yeah um so we have some biblical categories for that that aren't ultimately satisfying because what we want for people, because we love them ultimately is that they would have faith in Christ. And so it's hard. And I have friends and you, I'm sure Jenna have people in your life that you know, that once made every profession and seemed to be sincere about it in their life as Christians and now are not. And so I think where the misapplication of the perseverance of the saints is to say, Hey, it's okay for them to be completely over here, not wanting anything to do with Jesus, but it's okay because Jesus keeps his people. I think Mm -hmm. the pastorally we say, Hey, the, the fruit of your life right now, and even your own profession right now, would make me want to continue to share the gospel with you in hopes that you believe it, right. and and then you, and then continue on. Mm-hmm. Where I would apply perseverance to the saints is the person that's like reeked with you know 
is that the right word? Reek wrecked with yeah. with guilt, shame, inadequacy, and they made you reek of it too. I reek out of one higher, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they're like just really putting off. <laughs> but they, you know, that's the beautiful doctrine to bring to people that are like it, it's evident that they really want to know and follow and love Jesus, and they're just really struggling to. Yeah, and to say, hey. Brother or sister, like you are, you are kept by Jesus. Yeah. Like you, you are, I can see that you are desiring to do yeah. this. And even that though struggle you're struggling. is showing the work of the spirit and trying Completely. to conform yourself to this thing, Completely. right? Like that, that's what's that's, happening. That's part of the fight to continue on in the faith and to not shift. Like if you're still showing up trying in the struggle, that means you haven't shifted away from it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pastorally, you apply the doctrine there, mm-hmm. not to the person that's like, I want nothing to do with you. Just so say, well, that's okay. Yeah. Cause you're good. You know, yeah. um, that's where it's like, it's, it's for weak, needy, desperate people, not, not presumptuous people. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is like kind of circling back to that idea that this ain't all about you. Right. Definitely. Uh, and ultimately this whole reconciliation thing is about you being reconciled to God and you then be formed into new creation collectively, individually yeah. and collectively yeah. to be imaging back God, yeah. glorifying God to, um, all nations, That's to right. the rest of the earth, That's across right. the street, across the world, whatever that looks like yeah. in, in our context, especially wherever you're living, that's, that's your responsibility and role as, as the new creation, new humanity yeah. in, in pushing and bringing in some of that hope as best as we can, right? right? With open-handedness, knowing that like that hope's not complete yet, right? That's right. Uh, that right. won't be, it won't be until all things are reconciled. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that verse 23, you know, it starts with the, if you continue in the faith, stable said that's not shifting, but then like shifts to which has been created, proclaimed in all creation and for heaven. Mm-hmm. So it's reorienting the end of this little section back to the cosmic. Um, yep. And it's like, that is a helpful spiral to totally. continue to zoom out, to zoom back in, That's to right. zoom out, to zoom back in. Like, clearly, we're meant to hold these things in balance, even when we think about our own mm-hmm. sanctification and future glorification Yes, uh, right. in this process. That's right. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think you solved <laughs> all of it. We, right? we solved the world's problems yes. here, you know. No one has any more questions about Definitely, any of the things we brought up. you know. Yeah talked you know about the maybe frailty of the english language sometimes yeah. trying to translate greek and things that's for right. sure that's we covered right. all of that you know yep. shouldn't have any other questions um no i i would say yeah and 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 that's going to be our prayer for you as you as you step into your groups this week right. there's there's so much meat here um there's so much good stuff to dive into i i would you know, we, I think the order of the questions is a helpful framework to follow, to really spend a little bit of time, um, getting your eyes off of yourself and, rem- and, and seeing and observing in the text, who is Jesus? Like what, what aspect of who he is and what he's done really jumps out at you from yeah. this text and, and rejoice in that together. Like you yeah. even do a little doxology kind of together in your, in your conversation mm-hmm. in Bible study group. And then that's the zoom out Yeah. Then and then zoom in and kind of where, where, where are you struggling to give Jesus preeminence in your life right now? What's yeah. competing for it? So I think that's to take all of these things and all the potential kind of tangents and sidetracks you could go down in your Bible study groups. I would I would try to live live there. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that's a helpful endpoint too, uh, and even just transition into our weeks. Um, and I've even excited to to lead Anthony and I to lead our group through this text mm-hmm. this week. Um, yeah. It's just so beautiful, mm. so fun. Yeah. Uh, and 
man, I, I can't say it more, but I'm really, really enjoying this, this series. Mm. And it just feels very timely. Yeah, I think so. Very timely for our church. I don't, I don't necessarily know why, you huh. know, like, um, but, uh, you know, someone texted me yesterday and was just like, man, like, that, that was just a good service. Like, huh. the idea of just a whole sermon that's centered on, on Christ yeah. is such a beautiful thing to feast in and knowing that, like, as we're reconciled through Christ, we're reconciled to this Godhead, mm. uh, that we are uh, get the joy of following and reflecting in the world in our daily lives. Yeah. And whether that's going well for you or not well for you right now, um, it is a joy that we get to do it together, mm-hmm. that he's the head over the church that's and right. that we, we get to live in. It, it's really cool that he is cosmically reconciling all things and he's he's personally reconciling us mm-hmm. but i think it's even cooler that like he's reconciling us to a people yeah that's good um mm-hmm. uh, a people that we you know we all can share in this responsibility as men and women's brother and sisters mm-hmm. um to carry this thing forward and we mm-hmm. get the joy of doing that to to be those image bearers reflecting god to the rest of the world so yeah man just like feast in that this week guys um yeah. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts, Matt? No, I think that's well said. Yeah. And that's um yeah, enjoy it. Like, man, there's just that we we worship this is the Jesus that we worship, that we've been that's been revealed to us. Um there's just a lot to rejoice and be grateful in that. So yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoy your Bible studies and the rest mm-hmm. of your weeks. Please keep sending us those questions. Mm-hmm. We're really enjoying these questions and having a lot of fun with them. So keep sending those our way. Um, and until next time, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.